This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and this is This Naked Life podcast, and I'm here today with Angela. Welcome, Angela. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Annie. Thank you for having me here. Oh, that's awesome. So why don't you just back us up and, and start sort of in the beginning with your, your story, where it all began for you. Sure. Um, my story is about a, over a period of 30 years. Um, when I was young, I come from uh, divorced parents, and my brother and I lived with our mom. Um, my dad went away. He was um, quite a heavy drinker, um, quite a violent man, and, and uh, he went away. We saw him occasionally, uh, but we grew up with our mother. Uh, she was um, an emotionally absent mom, uh, so I grew up um, really missing out on feeling accepted uh, or feeling love, and that kind of comes into play with my alcohol story, uh, the, the first half of it, anyhow. Um, so growing up, um, I just never felt good enough. Um, I was a bit, bit of a recluse, really went within myself, um, didn't um, have any friends uh, to speak of, and my only confidant was really my brother. Uh, so it was kind of him and me against the world. And then when I turned 16, uh, you know, things started to change. I started to come into my looks, uh, started to, boys took an interest, and I was asked to go to a party. And I went. And of course, there was uh, lots of drinking. And we, uh, back then, that was the mid to late 80s. It was all bush parties and tailgate parties in farmer's fields uh, and all kinds of alcohol. I don't know what I drank. Uh, I just drank a lot of it. And when I did uh, at this party, everyone was talking to me. Everyone thought I was great. Uh, I was starting to make friends. And right away, I felt accepted. And it was something I had never felt before. And I tied it in directly with the alcohol. And so that kind of kicked off many, many, many years of uh, binge drinking. Uh, I left home at 17. Um, I was kind of on people's couches, off people's couches, lived in basements, um, sometimes had a home, sometimes didn't uh, for about five years. Um, but I always had alcohol and wow. always find a man who would give me alcohol. Um, so that went on for quite some time. And then I was fortunate enough to get pregnant uh, <laughs> with my son. Um, so he uh, was a great gift, and a few years later, I had my daughter. I um, welcomed a little girl into the world, and I was a single parent for a very long time. So when I became a mother, um, my priorities shifted, 
and I started to work three jobs. Um, I provided a home for them. I, for the first time, had a home. Um, I worked really, really hard, but I still, um, every, I'd say a couple times a month, was going out with friends, drinking to excess, drinking to pass out, drinking to throw up, drinking to go home with whoever would take me home. Um, it was a really horrible time in my life, um, but I never had alcohol in the house. Um, my kids never saw me drink, um, and that went on for quite some time. Um, so I was. So did you feel like you were almost like living this double life of like really responsible mom? And... Totally. Yeah, totally. And what was that like inside the brain, like inside your mind, like with your thoughts? Do you know, at the time and going through it for all those years, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Um, I yeah. always felt like it was the only way I could connect with people was to go out and do that. And then the rest of the time I was a mom. Um, so I did that for a long time until I was 35. <laughs> uh, so that's a lot of drinking. Um, and then when I was 35, my relationship with alcohol shifted immediately. Um, I received the call and um, when I was 35, my brother was murdered. Uh, oh in, yeah, in Victoria. Um, and I got that call. And of course, my, li my life changed um, immensely that day. Um, and my relationship with alcohol changed. And so no longer was I drinking, binge drinking every two weeks to get acceptance and feel loved. I was now starting to drink daily to take away pain mm -hmm. and to numb. And um, my mother, who I still had a relationship with, very strained, but a relationship with, uh, was quite a heavy wine drinker. And so, of course, uh, under the circumstances, I was spending a lot of time with her. And, you know, uh, we would cry over the kitchen table with bottles of wine. Mm. Uh, I started to have wine in the house, which I never had before. Um, and so it, it changed really quickly. Um, and, you know, there, there would be if weeks where maybe a week would go by and I hadn't had a drink. But over the course of 11 years, it got more and more and more and more. And I was starting to plan my entire life around alcohol. Um, I was planning where if we were going to go out. I'm now married. I met a wonderful man 11 years ago. And we're married. Um, so we would plan to go to a restaurant and I would look at the menu online, not for the food, but for the wine list. Um, vacations were all about drinking. Um, having friends over was all about, every, everything was about drinking. And I started to find myself every morning waking up thinking, when can I have a drink? And that was at five or six o'clock in the morning. I was already thinking, when am I gonna have a glass of wine? It was, um, terrible and it was crippling and um, a few years ago I started to really question it but not enough to do anything about it um, 
And then October last year of 2017, I looked in the mirror and I saw my dad looking back at me. And my dad passed away a few years after my brother and he died uh, from complications of alcoholism. Mm -hmm. uh, he was sick um, and he passed away. So when I looked in the mirror, I saw, I saw the puffy skin. I saw the big bags under my eyes. I saw a real vacancy in my eyes and it hit me and I just started to cry. Um, and the gig was up really. Um, so, you know, it just for, for so long, it stole who I was. Yeah. Um, I, I gave up everything all along. I, I never missed a single day of work. I never showed up sick to work. Um, I performed very well. I succeeded very well in my career. Um, nobody knew. My husband didn't know how much I was drinking. He didn't know the grasp it had on me. I, I didn't even really understand it fully until that moment. Um, and then I realized it was time to, time to make a change. And when I want to make a change, I need to know the facts. Um, so I started researching. And the first book I picked up uh, was Drink by Ann Dowsett Johnson. I read her book and it resonated. And so I thought I need to, I need to read more books. I need to read more. I need uh, all the knowledge I can get. And of course I went on Google and your book came. And I said, that's it right there. I'm gonna order that book. So I ordered the book and I read it. I went on a business trip to Chicago and I read it in three days on the business trip. And I quit for three weeks, yay. <laughs> And of course, after three weeks, and it was so easy because um, of the rewiring uh, that the book does for you, that I thought, well, gosh, I don't have a problem. Uh, why did I ever think I had a problem? I just quit for three weeks and it wasn't even hard. I can, I can do this. I can moderate. This isn't a big deal. I got this thing. Uh, so I went back to it. And over the course of 10 months, I had stops and starts. And I read voraciously. I think I've read about 15 different books on the topic. I've gone on to all the academic journals. I've looked at research. Um, I just, I'm eating it up the whole time. I'm eating it up. And I would try and stop and, and it just wouldn't work. I couldn't seem to get it to stick. Um, and then I wrote uh, a letter for uh, the man who um, killed my brother was going to be up for parole. And I was asked to write a victim statement letter to be read at the hearing. And that was last spring. And so I was writing it and I kept writing it and throwing it out and writing it and throwing it out. Nothing felt right. And so my last draft, I wrote it and I wrote about my pain and I wrote about my loss and my heartache and how it had changed me. And then at the end of the statement, I forgave him. Um, I gave him my forgiveness because I had to. Yeah. I just, I had to do it to move on. Mm -hmm. I had to um, grab the reins back on my life. And so I did. So I did that. I sent the letter. Um, the hearing was in August. 
I got the call the end of August that he, his parole was granted. And on August 27th, I poured what was left in my glass of my bottle of wine in my glass and I toasted my brother and that's been it. Wow. I picked up your book again because <laughs> I've read it about five times and I picked it up and I said, okay, I'm, I'm done. I, I want my life back. I, I'm tired. So yeah. And that's been it. And today's 107 days. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. So did you, did you know that forgiveness was such an important part of the journey when you were doing it? Like, had you been, had somebody said that to you or did that really come from within? Um, you know, I, somebody had said years ago after um, this happened, after I, right, right when I lost my brother, I reached out to a man named Gary Zukoff, uh, who wrote uh, Seat of the Soul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw him on Oprah. And I saw him talking with a, a mother who had lost her infant child. And um, she said to him, you know, how, how, can, how can this be okay? How can you explain this away? How will I ever be able to have peace with this? And I remembered, um, I remembered that episode. So I, I reached out to him and said, how will I ever move past this? How will I ever be able to just see my brother's face without seeing what happened to him. And he wrote me back, um, which was wonderful. I still have the email. Uh, I read it regularly. And at the time, uh, you know, it, you're, you're in deep grief and it's really hard to um, read the words and accept them for what they were. But I knew it was an important letter um, so I kept reading it and reading it and reading it over the years. And I think what I found was while I was drinking and numbing myself, I was numbing the, like, when you numb, you numb it all. Yeah. It's all, you, you numb everything. And until, until I was really ready to start making changes, don't think I was ready to give forgiveness. Um, and I, I just, I just, I, and I don't know that I was ready when I did it, but I knew I had to do it. You know, if you ever hear when a great opportunity comes your way and, and you don't know if you have what it takes to do it, just take it anyways, and then you'll figure it out. I was kind of doing that. I was giving forgiveness and, and thinking, I'm going to put this first and just see what it brings me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it was, it was, uh great thing to do it turns out so wow that's really really cool I had a um I have a good friend who used to work for Gary so oh indirectly. wow that's really cool yeah that's it's great um something else that you said just that really resonated with me was how you felt like alcohol really stole who you were yeah yeah and so was that um I guess a few questions, like, can you explain that a bit more? I mean, I definitely understand that, but just for in your own words, and also maybe talk about, like, how it's been to kind of rediscover or reconnect with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, like I said, when, when, you, when you're drinking, especially when you're drinking to, to numb, it numbs everything. 
so it took my joy. Um, I was a classical pianist. Uh, and when I lost my brother and started drinking, I stopped playing piano. I stopped. Uh, I had just finished my degree in anthropology and my goal was always to get my PhD. I didn't pursue it. Um, I, I stopped living. I, I forgot who I was. I forgot the little girl that I had a responsibility to. Um, and I just kind of went through life in this homogenized groundhog way. And once I stopped drinking, it didn't change right away. First couple of weeks were a little, little, you know, I had the pink cloud and I was waiting for the pink cloud to go away. I'm a realist. Um, but I would say it's been within the last two months. Um, my, it, it's like the, it's like the tectonic plates of the earth are shifting in my life. Um, my life has, my old life's fallen away and I've got this new life slowly building up around me and I've reconnected with my music. I'm playing again. Uh, I'm back with an incredible instructor. I'm working towards um, my certification there. Um, I've started remembering all those things that are important to me. I've had this incredible reconnection with my husband um, who saw me changing and six weeks into my um, sobriety, he stopped drinking and he didn't say, he didn't say anything. He didn't announce it. He just said, oh, just no, I'm good right now. And then about, a, about, I'd say three or four weeks ago, he sat me down and he said, you know, I was already questioning my own drinking and then you up and stopped. Uh, and, but he said, but I saw you growing and I saw you investing in yourself and I saw you changing and it scared me because I knew that if we didn't grow together, we'd grow apart. Wow. Uh, he's, I mean, he's incredible, right? <laughs> I'm going to cry thinking about it. He's, yeah, he's amazing. So, um, yeah, he, he hasn't had a, a drink in, in, I don't know, six six weeks or what seven weeks whatever it's been he's not counting um so it's 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 just been extraordinary you know the life is sharp it's crystal clear it's um there's color again there's color um yeah it's wonderful it's extraordinary that's so cool it's a, incredibly insightful of him i mean that is is very true i think if you don't grow together, you do grow apart and you have to make, not that everybody has to, you know, make that decision, um, but you have to be really mindful of the changes because even the most positive changes, whether somebody decides, you know, if I was tomorrow going to start running three miles every single morning, that would have a huge impact on my husband, no matter how positive it is, yeah. you know? And so yeah. I think it's a really insightful thing of him. That's very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and with your mother, yeah. Uh, how is, how are things? Not good. Um, so that's kind of, um, when, when my brother, um, died, um, she, she, she's always been just really emotionally absent my whole life, but 
But when he died, she said to me, you know, I wish it had been you. And I've never been able to forget that ever. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, it's hard. But um, five years ago, I said goodbye to her. I just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I, yeah. So I, I haven't talked with her since. Um, And it's now that, and I've come to understand that a lot of my numbing with the alcohol wasn't just over my loss of my brother. A lot of it had to do with my loss of really not having the mom I deserved. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm having to work through that now. Mm -hmm. So I'm feeling all those things now and I'm working through them and I'm unpacking them without going to the wine bottle. That's so amazing. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. (laughs) That's really, I mean, it's just really, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I think, again, I guess really insightful and sort of amazing for you to have, you know, the reflection and the just presence of mind to really question that relationship and not necessarily be defined by, okay, well, because so many people are really stuck in relationships that are very unhealthy, but are, are very defined by like, well, what are you going to do? It's my mom, you know, and like, just to be able to move above and past that, you know, and I'm sure can tell already that you did it with, you know, compassion and love and grace, but also really protecting your, your current family, um, which is just, really cool and um i think a really testament sort of so that's that's awesome thank you very cool what a what an intense and um emotional and equally inspiring story you have it's phenomenal oh um i think a lot of people will really be able to relate to a lot of things i i feel like it's almost in you know phases for you you know it wasn't And it's, it's so true what you said about how when you actually start drinking for numbing, it really changes. And it changes no matter how much you had been drinking kind of socially or, or binge drinking in the past. And that numbing can be something that we don't even realize we're numbing from. But when we look at alcohol as an escape, it does. Our relationship with it really, really can shift very dramatically for kind of the worst. But I mean, that is all part of our path too. And I think you really see that like everything, even with your mom and your brother and stuff, it's just all part of, you know, creating you to be you today, which is a really beautiful thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's true. So I always ask this at the end, which is basically like, if you could go back, you know, and tell Angela of before sort of what life is like now, what things are like on the other side, what would you tell her? Oh, I've thought about this because I know you always ask this question. I've listened to every single podcast. <laughs> um, I think I think I would look at it as you know. I've thought about the last 100 days and all of, all of the different things I've come to realize. Uh, and there's many, 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 many. But there's six things that I know for sure. Uh, and I think those six those are the six things that I keep going back to. Um, and one of them is that knowledge is power. Mm. Just learn everything you can, eat it up, treat your recovery, like go after it. Like you went after your drinking, just, Mm. just dive into it. Um, community is everything. 
Um, I'm part of the Naked Mind community. That community is full of the most gracious, uh, kind, loving human beings I've ever met. Uh, so community is everything. Uh, have patience and blind faith, uh, which is hard for a realist, um, but have blind faith. It will work out. Um, I would tell your husband is amazing and really, really loves you. And he's going to make it, he's going to help you through it. Um, I'd also tell her that people aren't so bad. Give them a chance. And that your life is extraordinary. And in order to really reap the abundance of everything that I have always had, it's always been there. I just need to get rid of this thing. I need to stop drinking so that I can see that. And so those are the six things I know for sure. That's awesome. That's great. I always love listicles. That's so cool. That's really, yeah. really helpful. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Angela. Thank you for joining and for sharing and being courageous and all of the stuff that just means so much to so many people. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.